Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 21 says, You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons, too. You cannot have a part in both the Lord's table and the table of demons. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 21. On today's episode... I wanted to talk about the doctrine of syncretism, the doctrine of syncretism. And syncretism is spelled S-Y-N-C-R-E-T-I-S-M, S-Y-N-C-R-E-T-I-S-M. And syncretism, for our purposes uh, for this episode, will be defined as an attempt to fuse or blend two religious ideologies or cultural norms. So in other words, syncretism is an attempt to blend holiness with ungodliness or righteousness with unrighteousness. And since the fall, mankind has been prone or inclined to lean on their own understanding. One of the problems that we have uh, originates from the garden itself. Whereas God instructed Adam, you can have all of this, but of this one tree, you can't touch. And it's amazing that Adam thought more about the prohibition Versus the provision. And if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves in the same mindset where God said, look at all of this that you can have if you follow my instructions. If you follow my precepts, look at all that you have, all that you can have if you follow my precepts. But yet we are constantly wrestling with the flesh. And if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves in a place in terms of our relationship with Christ where there's a stumbling block and we'll find our path going round and round and round like the children of Israel. But we want the best for all Christians. And what's more important, not just we as an organization, but God wants the best for all of his children. It is God's will for all of us to live not just great lives, but he wants us to have an abundant life. A life that's liberated from the world's trappings. 
And what syncretism does is it stifles our growth. It stifles the standard that God has for all of us as Christians. So I'm hoping that this episode is helping you or will help you to become liberated. And then the reality is all of us have some blind spots. And we use that term mostly when we're driving. There's the blind spot. And we have to factor in the blind spots when you're driving. Uh, for if you don't look cautiously, if, you do, if you're not intentional in trying to look for the unexpected, we'll find ourselves in a spiritual accident. So please listen to this episode on syncretism. I think it will help you. If you really think about it and you do a spiritual inventory of where you are and some of the things you believe in and some of the things you've been practicing. And if you agree with God that what you're doing is wrong, then God will give you the strength. He'll give you the power to help overcome it. But we have to first agree with God that what we have been doing is not what he wants us to do. God constantly reminds his people about engaging in certain behavior which he has already condemned. Ancient Israel, for an example, was chastised for their syncretism. And it's all through the Bible, Old Testament to New Testament, where God's people often found themselves doing things that they shouldn't be doing practicing things that they shouldn't practice, holding on to traditions that God has liberated them from. And these are syncretic behaviors. In Exodus 20, as an example, the first commandment clearly states, I am the Lord thy God, thou should have not, thou should not have any other gods before me. However, in Exodus 32, we soon find a violation of God's decree when Israel created a golden calf. And if you listen to our episodes on idolatry, you'll see the origins of the golden calf and its importance to ancient Egypt. In Hebrew culture, this creation of the golden calf is often called the Het Ha'agel, the Het Ha'agel, which is translated the sin of the calf. The golden calf incident is really a reminder that God does not accept all forms of worship. And I think oftentimes uh, we fool ourselves into thinking, well, I've been doing this for so long I'm comfortable with doing it. It makes me happy that God has to acquiesce his will to our will. Uh, he must be okay with it because he hasn't utterly destroyed me. Well, that's no way to live. What's happening is whatever sin you have in your life, and success is not 
predicated on how much money you have in the bank. Joy doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank, how many people you may know, how long you've been doing what you're doing, your status in your community. It's not about all that. If you have a a sin in your life, trust me, that sin is a blockage. That sin is a stumbling block in you getting closer to God. You may already be close, but you can always get closer to God. And whatever God has condemned is condemned. Whatever he finds offensive or he's labeled offensive to him is offensive. So God is not going to change his will to our will. We, on the other hand, have to make the changes. We have to confess our faults to God. We have to repent. And then through that process, we'll find God's hand all over the situation because we've readily admitted that we've made mistakes, that we've been doing things that we ought not to do. So the golden calf was a constant reminder to Israel that God doesn't accept all forms of worship. He is, however, interested in the truth. And that truth is rooted in his divine nature. To worship an impotent idol is, in essence, a practice of futility. Think about it. We, when I say we, I'm talking about humanity. Humanity dares to create images out of wood, out of nature, and then we dare to say, this is God. And so God has already condemned this type of behavior. He shares his glory with no one. It's a constant refrain. The Lord our God is one, and he shares his glory with no one. And so ultimately, our goal should be, we want to be in a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. Every day we wake up, our goal should be, we want a better relationship with Jesus Christ. And if we're going to have a closer relationship with Christ, there are things in our lives that we have to remove. Jesus himself said, before you talk about removing the beam from somebody else's eye, we have to remove the beams from our eye. So it's very important that we're transparent with ourselves. When we look in the mirror, that we, we are uh, able to confess that there are some things about us that God doesn't accept. And so it's important that we avoid syncretism. Syncretism will, in effect, stifle your ministry. It will stifle your relationship, not just with God, but with the people we claim to love. It will stifle your family legacy. Syncretism will cripple 
in many cases. You, the people around you, and those that come in connection with you, whether it's your children, grandchildren, uh, syncretic behavior can get passed down to many other people in the family. It becomes infectious. Then they start doing the same thing, thinking it's okay, but God has already condemned it. And we're going to get more specific as we go through this lesson. So to worship an impotent idol is an exercise in futility, as I said before. To worship a God made with hands will not be accepted by the authentic God. Doesn't matter how much you pray to the tree. Doesn't matter how many offerings you're given to this false idol. Doesn't matter how many rituals you perform. The only thing that happens is that God, the authentic God, rejects it. It may seem like things are working out because Satan is all involved in it. But if God, the authentic God, is not the one receiving the worship and you're giving the worship to a God created with hands, that God cannot help you. And we know this because the scriptures constantly reminds us as Israel was going through its period of idolatry, God constantly reminded them, these are gods that can't walk, that can't talk, that can't smell, that can't hear, they cannot even see, meaning that they're dead. If they're not able to walk, talk, see, hear, smell, is a metaphorical imagery of God telling his people that these gods that you created are no gods at all. I am the authentic God. And these things that you're doing are for naught. It is often said the road to hell, H-E-L-L, is paved with good intentions. It doesn't matter how sincere a person may be towards the theology or philosophy If they're not worshiping the authentic God, there will be no relief. Let me say it again. Doesn't matter how sincere a person may be about their religious practices. If it's not rooted in the truth, if it's not backed up by scripture, then it's empty. And I do realize uh, it's not my intent to be insensitive, but if we love people, just like Jesus loved people, Jesus didn't agree with everything that the Sadducees taught. Jesus did not agree with everything that the Pharisees taught. But because he had compassion on them, he told the truth in love. And as Christians, we need to start telling the truth in love. And I realize uh, that the world has coined this term, uh, don't judge me. I realize that that's uh, prevalent, this phrase, don't judge me. Well, the Bible never says to never judge. 
What the Bible does say is do not judge to condemn. But we have the authority by God himself to be fruit inspectors. And we are to assess whether an act is right or wrong. That's the power that we've been given. We are to assess whether an act is right or wrong. Not to condemn, but to assess the situation and to be able to articulate whether this act that this person is performing is right or wrong. And if we couldn't say anything, right, if 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 we mean by don't judge, don't say anything, then how are we going to proclaim the gospel? How are we going to help people? And it's very ironic that the same people who say to not judge often are the same people that speak their mind the most. They always have something to say. They always have suggestions to uh, give. They always have an input. So church, let's not be muzzled by the philosophies of the world. Jesus Christ has given us the authority to share the truth in love. And that truth has to be rooted in the scriptures. So again, it is the will of God for us to not be in bondage due to certain practices. It is the will of the devil, however, to distract us from the true communion with God through his son, Jesus Christ. He, Diablo, the devil himself, would like for us to continue the same practices that we once engaged in prior to accepting Jesus. The desire to hold on to those practices while confessing to allow, uh, while we're confessing that we're following Christ is syncretic. God abhors syncretism. I'm going to say it again. God abhors syncretism. Look at Joshua 24, uh, 14 through 23. And he reads, now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshiped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. It was the Lord, our God himself, who brought us out and our parents out of Egypt from that land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through whom which we travel. And the Lord drove out before. The Lord drove out before us all nations, including the Amorites, who lived in the land. We too will serve the Lord because he is our God. Verse 19, Joshua said to the people, you are not able to serve the Lord. 
He is he is, he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, he will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you after he had, after he had been good to you. But the people said to Joshua, no, we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said, you are witnesses against yourself that you have chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, we are witnesses, they replied. Now then, said Joshua, throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. Not everything crosses over. Once you accept Jesus, not every act will be accepted. Not every mindset will be accepted. Not every tradition will be accepted. So we, as we get to know Jesus, as we get to read the scriptures, we learn what God likes and what God does not like. And in looking at what he accepts and does not accept, it's up to us to bend our will toward God's will, to readjust our mindset, to fit the boundaries that God has set. And that's why Paul writes in Romans, be not ye trans, uh, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, as I paraphrase. So it's important that we remind ourselves of where we started. When we first accepted Christ, we were so eager to follow him. We picked up the Bible every day. We read the Bible. We studied the Bible. We did cross-references. And now, in many ways, we've forgotten the standard. And we wonder why many of our prayers are not being answered the way we think they ought to be answered. We're wondering why we don't have the joy that we used to have. Well, I want to encourage you, look in the mirror, and that mirror is the word, word of God. And whatever we are doing, we have to be real. We, 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 we have to be honest with God. And if we are honest with God, I promise you, the Lord will show himself in your life and in your situation. Well, we've run out of time, and we'll continue this message on syncretism on our next episode. We pray that this uh, short time have helped you in some ways to readjust your life, to reassess where you are with Christ. And I hope again is for everybody to not just live, but to live abundantly. We thank you for listening. Please as always, consider becoming financial supporter of Sound Reasoning Ministries as we continue to serve Christians how to share and defend their faith. So do for the truth what so many people do for a lie. Stand firm on the gospel of grace. Until we meet again, may the Lord himself 
bless you. And may the Lord himself raise you above your circumstances. Amen. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. Have you ever attempted to read the entire Bible? Did you do it, or did you only make it part way? I'm John Stonge, and I host a podcast that will make it possible for you to make it through the entire Bible, one chapter at a time. I've been hosting the Chapter a Day Audio Bible Podcast since 2015, and every single day of the week, I read one chapter of Scripture, then follow that up with a time of prayer. And if you're looking for daily insights and inspiration directly from God's Word, I hope you'll give the Chapter a Day Audio Bible a listen. You can find it at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.